Salt Company, what is up? You guys could go ahead and take a seat. We have a treat for you. The one, the only, the OG, Jonah Christensen is preaching to us tonight. The best Christensen in this room. Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 So I'm excited to hear from God's word. Uh, but man, here, here's what you should know about Jonah. Number one, position-wise, here is who he is. Here's what he's doing here. Um, so we recently brought him on. Daniel has chosen him to be the Salt Company director at the Illinois State University. So he's going to be hanging out with us over the course of the next year, just training for that position, learning from me, obviously. So, uh, sorry, Jonah. Um, <laughs> but, so we're excited to hear from God's word. Another thing to know about Jonah, um, on a serious note, Jonah is clearly a man after God's own heart. Um, he has a, many of you guys kind of know this legacy that he had when he was here, um, when he was a student, but he is someone who brings people in, who shows the love of Christ better than most people I've ever met in my life. And so, man, Jesus has captured Jonah's heart. And so I'm excited for you guys to hear from him tonight. I want to go ahead and pray for you. Is that cool? Yes, of course. God, we come to you just asking that your spirit would be in the room, be in the text. Um, Lord, you have burdened Jonah with this passage. He's wrestled with it. It's a tough passage to, to work through, but God, you've given him uh, just clarity and, and a burden and a message to share. And so, God, I, I pray that we would um, tremble as we open up God's word. Because when we hear your word, Lord, we hear your voice, and that's not a small thing. And so, God, I, I pray that you would prepare our hearts tonight to hear from your word, to be willing to be convicted, to be challenged, and to be encouraged once again. And, and for those who are in the room who don't know you, I pray that you would just soften their heart to hear what you have to say to them tonight. Be with Jonah as he speaks. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Give it up for Jonah. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. It is such a pleasure to be here. The reason I say that is I put this headset on and it reminded me of my Chick-fil-A days. <laughs> it's a great day at Chick-fil-A. My name is Jonah. How may I serve you? Yeah. A thousand times a day, at least a thousand times. Um, honestly, my wife and I love this ministry, specifically here in, in Ankeny because this is where we met. It's where all great love stories meet. Am I right? Yeah. There we go. And so we, I'm just super stoked to be here with you guys and open God's word. Um, I felt it would be appropriate for me to start with a story about myself, um, just so y'all get to know, like get in the head of Jonah a little bit. So uh, how many of you are like overconfident in this room? Like probably more confident than you need to be. My brother and one other person. Okay, well then at least you know somebody that's overconfident. I went, um, a few years ago, I went to Colorado with some friends, and Colorado is just beautiful. Has anybody been to Colorado? Yes, lots of people. Okay, it's like God got to the Midwest, and like, I don't know, just kind of got bored and just left it, and then Colorado, he just went hard, and it's just beautiful there. Um, and we, my friends and I, we wanted to go cliff jumping. Has anybody cliff jumped? Yeah. Okay. 
So we found a spot, but it had just rained there, and so we were going to die if we jumped in there. So we went to a different spot. And at this spot, there was like 70, 80, 90 people just like sitting in this like little field area, watching people jump off the cliff. They were having fun, playing music, smoking weed, just crazy things you see in, in Colorado. And it, so I, I see this cliff, and I'm like, oh, puny cliff. This is going to be this is going to be fun. And I grew up next to a bunch of pools with diving boards. And so I would do flips, front flips, back flips, gainers, whatever, whatever you can think of, I would do into pools. And I'm thinking, I'll go show all these people a good time. I'll go do a backflip off this cliff. Everybody's like inching to the edge, right? And then they jump and they scream like little girls. And I'm like, these guys are weak. So I, I climb up the cliff with my friends. I get towards the edge of the cliff and I'm like, okay. This is a lot higher when you're actually on the cliff than when you're on the ground looking at the cliff, okay? And I started to lose some confidence, okay? And so I'm like, maybe I won't do a backflip. How about let's just do a front flip? That's easy. You can just watch where you're going, just kind of lean like this and just flip. Easy. Done it a hundred times. So I go to the edge, acting like I'm confident, and I step off and I, and I start to flip and all is going well until I flip one rotation and then I look and I see the water's about 10 feet under me. And I've already rotated all the way, mind you, and I can't stop myself from rotating. So I keep rotating until face plant, belly flop, straight onto this water, okay? So a few things happen. One, the water knocks the wind out of me. I can't breathe. Two, the water was absolutely freezing, which if you've ever jumped into cold water, it also takes your breath away. Three, I'm extremely embarrassed because this flip didn't look cool. I didn't like jump and then like tuck like the, all the videos you see on social media. I literally was like, uh, flip, face plan. So I come out of the water just, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. And I was extremely embarrassed. So the, the point is, I had confidence to do something that I didn't actually have the ability to do. Okay, so I had confidence in my abilities to do a flip, realized I couldn't do a backflip, so I tried a front flip, but I didn't actually have the ability to, to execute off a cliff, because I had never done that. And so some of you guys are overconfident, some of you guys aren't confident at all, but what, is it, what does it even mean to be confident? Like, what is confidence? What, what do we place our confidence in? Is confidence a bad thing? I think sometimes it gets a bad rap. Sometimes when you just think of, like, a confident person, it's like, yeah, they're full of it. They've got a big head. And so tonight we're going to look at a passage in Psalms, and I think King David actually has some things to say about an unshakable confidence. And it doesn't seem to be a bad thing, but let's, let's take a look. Psalm 16, if you guys want to turn there. So starting in verse 1, David says, protect me, God. Protect me, God. It doesn't sound like confidence. It doesn't scream confidence. It sounds kind of shaky, uncertain. I think what we're going to see in this passage is David is showing us that this, he's in a situation where he doesn't have confidence, okay, initially. 
But he's giving us a window into his brain. He's letting us see his thought process, what he's thinking as he's going through this situation that he doesn't have confidence. As we keep going, it says, for I take refuge in you. I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have nothing good beside you. So again, start shaky, but he turns, David turns to God and points out three things. So you guys can write these things down, okay? First, he seeks refuge in God. He says, for I take refuge in you. Second, he submits to God as Lord, right? He says, I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. And third, he recognizes God as his greatest treasure. Okay, so three things. I'll say them again. He says, for I take refuge in you, I submit in you, and I cherish you as my greatest treasure. Let's keep reading. Verse 3, it says, As for the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones. All my delight is in them. The sorrows of those who take another God for themselves will multiply. I will not pour out their drink offerings of blood, and I will not speak their names with my lips. How many of y'all have read something in the Bible and you're like, what the heck is that? David's talking about drinking these offerings of blood. It's just like, okay, what, like, what's the application for us? We're in 2021. Like, I, I want y'all to see it's not that weird. Okay, so who in here is an Iowa fan? Okay, nice. Who's an Iowa State fan? Okay, so... Imagine with me, all right, this is never going to happen, but just imagine Iowa is playing against Iowa State in the national championship game, okay? Not going to ever happen, but just, just let's go there. So say there's a watch party that a bunch of Iowa State people are going to be at, and say there's a watch party that a bunch of Iowa people are going to be at. Which one, if you're an Iowa State fan, which one are you going to? Okay. I knew somebody was going to say that and try and ruin the illustration. It's okay. I, I would go to the Iowa State one, and I'll tell you why I would go to the Iowa State one. I would go to the Iowa State watch party because their greatest joy is also my greatest joy. So if Iowa State gets a first down, if they have a great catch, if they score a touchdown, if they win, I'm cheering alongside of other people. If... Iowa State, if I go to the Iowa watch party, but I'm an Iowa State fan, and Iowa's doing well, I'm not going to be happy. A bunch of people around me are going to be cheering for things that I don't want to cheer for that actually make me mad, right? So what I want you guys to see, it says, as for the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones. All my delight is in them. David's not making a statement that all his delight is in them instead of God. All David is saying is, these people's greatest joy is also my greatest joy. These are the kind of people I want to be with. This is who all my delight is in. Let's keep reading. It says, The sorrows of those who take another God for themselves will multiply. I will not pour out their drink offerings of blood. I will not speak their names with my lips. So this has echoes of Eden. What I mean by that is in the Garden of Eden, when, when um, Adam and Eve, I almost said David, when Adam and Eve rebelled against God, there was a bunch of consequences, right? There was a bunch of sorrow that came when they rebelled against God. They chose something other than God, okay? So what happens when you or I or we put our confidence in something other than God? 
When that thing fails you, you're crushed. When your confidence is placed in something other than God, many times that's where you're finding your identity. So in light of this danger, David says that he will not participate in worshiping of these other gods. That's all he's saying when he's pouring out the drink offering of blood. He's not going to do that. He's just saying, I'm not going to participate in, in those worships. That's not my God. What, what David is not saying, I don't want you guys to get this from this text, is David is saying, I won't even speak the name of those people that worship those gods. David's not saying that. Like, we, I don't want you to read this and go, like, oh, those people that don't follow Jesus, they're like sinners, hardcore. And like, I cannot be around them. I cannot spend time with them. So I'm just going to stay in my little Christian butthead circle and just like love Jesus with my Jesus friends. And we're just going to stay together. Actually, I think the better thing to do would be to recognize I have a joy that is in God, that is in Jesus, that other people are trying to find in other things. So I'm not going to participate in the things that they're finding their joy in because I know it's not going to satisfy me. I'm going to still find my joy in Jesus, but actually invite them into that. So we shouldn't separate ourselves from them, but actually invite them into community. So what I want you guys to see here, if we reflect, both of these sections, they point back to the foundation that we talked about, right? That David seeks refuge in God, he submits to God as Lord, and he recognizes God as his greatest treasure. First, the people that David loved shared the same greatest treasure as him. We called it joy, but it's really their greatest treasure is God. So he shares that with them. And then in the second section, the practices that he would not participate in would, want, would be ones that reject God as Lord because they're worshiping another God. So it's bringing it back to his foundation of confidence. Okay, so let's keep going. Verse 5 says, Lord, you are my portion and my cup of blessing. You hold my future. What does portion and cup of blessing sound like? They sound like his greatest treasure, right? Still talking about his greatest treasure. What is God holding his future? He's recognizing God is Lord. He's the one that holds his future. Verse 6 says, The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. Boundary lines are not like these restrictions that God is putting on him. Boundary line is something that actually you, you take refuge in, right? It's a safe haven. Like the boundary lines of our country or the boundary lines of our house are a safe place. They're protected. And so he's saying, God, you have laid out my boundary lines. You are protecting me. So I want to take refuge in you. Verse 7, I will bless the Lord who counsels me even at night when my thoughts trouble me. It's like even at night, God is his counselor, right? God is his refuge. These are like all these statements what I want you guys to see is like he built the foundation for us. Those three things were the foundation. And all he's doing is he's building and building and building and building on his confidence. Like David is not getting less and less confident as he's going on. Like I said, he's giving us a window into his brain. So he's like, protect me, God. I'm scared. But let me walk y'all through what I'm doing. And he's gaining confidence the more he's talking about God. Okay. Verse 8. I always let the Lord guide me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. I think like many of you in this room do not feel this way. Like you, you don't feel like you have a confidence that is not going to be shaken. 
Like, when you're finding your confidence in other things other than God, you're feeling wishy-washy, your foundation is not stable, and so when one person doesn't approve of you, when you fail your test, when you do things that aren't living up to your standards or wherever your confidence is, you're just crushed. Like, I think for many of you, like, you've tried and tried to maintain an image of yourself that you know isn't true. And it's just a matter of time before you break. That was my story. I tried to maintain this image of who I was, who I thought people thought of me. And so I held that tightly to myself until I finally broke. Maybe for some of you, your relationships are just broken and full of lies. Or the person that we see on Instagram that's happy and doing all these amazing things is the same person that's crying themselves to sleep at night. Maybe the person in here that like everybody loves and likes like actually hates themselves. Maybe, maybe for some of you, you try and out-party your pain. Or you out-memorize your sin. Or maybe you try and outperform your failures. I don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe you're trying to find it in a significant other. You just think you're going to find your purpose and your hope, and so you're putting all your confidence in that or in that person. Like in the face of, your guys, of, of our greatest fear, oftentimes we place our confidence in things or people that are just not going to live up to it. And so in David's greatest moment of fear, what I want you guys to see that. David's moment, greatest moment of fear, he places confidence in the one thing he knows will not be shaken. He says, I always let the Lord guide me because he has my right hand. I will not be shaken. David said, God, you are my refuge. You are God, so I submit to you. You are the greatest good this world has to offer. I see the joy others have in you. Those who choose another God will suffer. You are my portion. You are my cup of blessing. You hold my future. You set my boundary lines. And have given me a beautiful inheritance. I will bless you, Lord. Because you counsel me in the night, I will let you guide me. And because you are at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Amen? Sounds like David has found his confidence in the Lord, doesn't it? David's fear, what I want you all to see, like, in this moment is death. And so when we talk about his greatest treasure is God, like, Think of all the things David could have had. He was king. He could have had any, uh, he had status, he had power. He, had, he could have any relationship he wanted. He could have any, anything he wanted. He had all the money he needed. So how can he confidently say, God, like you are my only good. You are my greatest treasure. It's because God's goodness is eternal, not just for this earth. And so, if we remember, how can David have this confidence? First, he seeks God as his refuge. Second, he submits to him as Lord. And third, he recognizes him as his greatest treasure. Let's finish this psalm. Verse 9 says, Therefore, my heart is glad. Because of all of this confidence he has in God, he says, My heart is glad. And my whole being rejoices. My body also rests securely. For you will not abandon me to Sheol. You will not allow your faithful one to see decay. You reveal the path of life to me. In your presence is abundant joy. And at your right hand are eternal pleasures. Y'all should write this down. I'll say it a couple times because it's a long sentence. It says, God will carry you through life and death to eternal pleasures 
and abundant joy if you seek refuge in him, submit to him as Lord, and recognize him as your greatest treasure. I'll say it one more time. God will carry you through life and death to eternal pleasures and abundant joy if you seek refuge in him, submit to him as Lord, and recognize him as your greatest treasure. Some of you may be thinking, well, I thought salvation was free. That's what all the Christians tell me. It's a gift of grace or something like that, right? I would say touche. So let's look closely at it. First, we must seek refuge in God. When somebody seeks refuge, it means that they sense that they're in danger, right? Like you don't seek refuge if life is good, if it's, if it's fine, if you're safe. But when you recognize you're in danger, that's when you begin to seek refuge, okay? What I want you all to see is that Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Has anybody in here taken Gospel 101? Okay, let's go. So you guys should be able to help me out with this. Because we have all sinned, we have all been condemned to death. To death. To death. Okay, with some enthusiasm, people. We have been condemned to death. death. There we go. Now you guys are excited about death. Um, Guys, what, what I want you to see is when David talks about seeking refuge in God, it's because he's recognized his need for God. He's recognized that he has sinned against a holy and just and perfect God, and he's been condemned to death. And therefore, he needs to seek refuge because he's in danger. Okay, so number two. We seek refuge by submitting to Jesus as Lord. Remember, our second one was David submitted to God as Lord. Lord, you are my Lord. We cannot just recognize our danger and our death sentence and do nothing about it. We need to see that God is God and we are not. Therefore, we willingly give our lives to him because he's the only one that can uphold us and protect us. So, we see we need, a re- or we need to recognize our need for God. We need to submit to him as Lord. And then thirdly, Jesus is more beautiful. Jesus is our greatest treasure. And so once we have done those first two things, this is something that we continue to do. This is something day in and day out, we actually have to focus our mind on Jesus and recognize that he is the greatest treasure this world has to offer. Jesus is more beautiful. Jesus is more beautiful than, than any guy, than any girl, than how many people like me. Jesus is better than the amount of money that I can make or any career that I could pursue. Jesus is better than all of those things, and not just here on this earth, but actually like through eternity. Remember our sentence, we said, God will carry us through life and death to eternal pleasures and abundant joy. If you seek him, seek refuge in him, submit to him as Lord, and recognize him as your greatest treasure. So, for the unbeliever in this room, those of you that haven't submitted to Jesus as Lord, like, where is your confidence found? Where are you placing your confidence? If it's yourself, like, how is it going? If all my confidence is found in myself, then, like, literally any time I do something that is not good, I'm just, like, defeated and crushed. If it's in these relationships, what happens when you, when you break up? 
If it's in family, what happens when your family is split apart? None of these things are everlasting, and none of these things bring true purpose and joy. And so where are you placing your confidence? And for the believer in the room, in what ways has your confidence shifted? In what areas have you trusted in something other than God to bring you abundance of joy? This is something that, like, I think we need to check often. We begin to find our confidence in ourselves or the things that we can do or the things that we have done and forget that Jesus is our greatest treasure. And so, Salt Company, my prayer would be that each and every one of you would place all of your confidence in the only one who can carry you through life and death into eternal pleasures and abundant joy. Let's pray. Jesus, I'm sorry for the ways that I have actually placed my confidence in things other than you. God, like I pray that I would see my need for you daily because of my sin. And I pray that I would seek refuge in only you. God, I pray that I would submit to you as Lord. And then God, I pray every day you would give me eyes to see that you are the most beautiful thing this world has to offer. And so for those uh, students, God, that are in here that are just feeling like, man, life sucks sometimes. Like life is shaky. Like I pray that they would find an unshakable confidence in you like David did, God. I thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. I pray that you would be with us the rest of tonight as we just get to praise you as king and the best thing this world has to offer. Amen.